Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. Welcome to this midweek drop of an extra message. If you were part of our service on Sunday, you know that we took a needed detour for the Holy Spirit to speak directly into our hearts. So we wanted to bring you some just additional message, additional encouragement this week that speaks directly to where you are. I want to continue in our series on Windward and continue speaking what God is directing us in this month. This month, if you remember, we are positioned ourselves. We are prepared and ready to receive a move from God to see what God is doing in our lives. So if you're listening, you can just listen along to this. But if you're somewhere where you can pick up your Bible, where you can scroll or flip along, I'd love for you to turn with me to Acts chapter two. Looking at verse two, we're going to pick up where we started off on Vision Sunday in Acts two and two. Acts two and two says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. I want you to be prepared and ready because when the wind of God comes, it comes Suddenly, We don't get prepared in that moment. We prepare ourselves to receive the wind that is coming. And it says, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. We're going to continue this week into verse three. Keep going. It says, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and they rested on each one of them. Divided tongues of fire. Fire came and it rested on each and every one one of them. And I want to start this message with this simple thought, with this simple question to you. Have you lost your fire? Have you lost the fire inside of you? Maybe not the great big, the fire, but the thing that energizes you, the thing that you're passionate about, the thing that jumps you up and gets you moving and running and driving in the morning. Have you lost that burning thing on the inside of you? Do you feel like your life is just a little bit dull, just a little bit hazy on the edges? Do you feel sometimes like you're a little bit numb to everything that's going on around you? Do you maybe feel like your life is being lived in sepia instead of in HD? You were called, you have been designed, you have been chosen to live your life in HD, in full color, in intouchable color that you can get inside and live in and drive and breathe and live in all of your life. In our house, we love bonfires like all the time. We love, in true Midwest fashion, we love a good bonfire. Anytime the weather is above 30 degrees, you can likely find us outside having a bonfire. We love to sit around a fire. I love the way that you sit and you watch the fire burn and you watch the things that it consumes on the inside of it. I love the sound of it. I love the smell of it. I love the conversations that happen around a bonfire. Bonfires are such staples in the Ryburn household that our three boys now see bonfires and immediately think s'mores. 
They immediately see a bonfire and think that this must mean that they are getting a delicious treat made of cracker and graham and marshmallow and chocolate, that that is what's happening. And I have a confession to make today which is that with our firstborn, as you do with firstborns, we were very committed to making sure that the, that only the purest, I handmade all of his baby food to make sure that no additional additives were getting in to his sweet system. And I need to admit to you that our thirdborn son has been eating s'mores from very early on. I think he was probably 10 months old when he had his first s'more. So let that be a little bit of freedom to somebody today that we have gone all the way full gamut. My now 20 month old runs and screams s'mores anytime he sees a bonfire because bonfires are a great big huge part of what we do in our household. But here's the thing, I'm not actually very good at building bonfires. I'm actually kind of terrible at it. I keep trying and I keep trying to figure out how to build it and how to position it right, but I never quite get my fire to take off. I never quite get my fire to burn in the way that I know it's supposed to, in the way that I want it to, to really enjoy the space. And every time my husband comes and looks and he tells me, you've stacked the wood all wrong. You've tried to rush the process and you haven't left enough space for the wind. You haven't left enough space for air to move in between and feed and fuel your fire? Have you left enough space in your life for it to fuel the fire of your life? Or are you rushing through? If you feel like you've lost your fire, this is point one for you. And there aren't a lot of points today, so don't get nervous. Is there enough air in your life? Is there enough space in your life for the wind of God to blow in your life and fuel the flame of your life, to breathe on that thing in your life? Is there space in your life for God to move on it? Have you waited on God? Have you waited on God? It's what uh, the book of Isaiah tells us. I think Isaiah 41, oh, Isaiah 40 and 31, he says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength and they will mount up with wings like eagles. Think of the picture of you living your life soaring in strength, of you living your life above the clouds, above the turmoil, because you have waited on God. It's part of what we do during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And hey, if you haven't joined in with the prayer and fasting now, and you're telling yourself, I missed the starting point, so I can't get in, Banish the thought. Get rid of it right now. Jump in. Jump in right now. Jump in right now and commit that, you know what, I'm going to, from today, I don't care if there's three days left, from today, I am going to finish with the body. I'm going to finish with this other community of believers, of Jesus followers that God has made me part of. And I am going to wait on the Lord. But even after these 21 days, have you created space in your life for God to move? Yes, there are these big chunks of intentional time, but what about if before you're one-on-one -on -one every week, you took two minutes to pray for that employee? You took two minutes to say, God, what do you wanna do in their life? God, what do I need to speak into in their life? God, what are you saying about this meeting that I'm going into? Instead of shooting off a bunch of, every of other emails and filling in every gap, what if you paused? What if you created a little bit of space in your life for God to breathe 
into that place and see if a fire doesn't start to ignite inside of you. Because then when that employee that you manage comes in, all of the sudden you see them instead of just the list. You see them instead of just all of the things you've created space for God to breathe in your life. Have you created space? If you've lost your fire, create space in your life for God to breathe in your life, for that wind of God to blow through your life and fuel the fire that's on the inside of you. I want to look at Ezekiel 37 today. Ezekiel 37 is this really interesting story. So you've got the prophet Ezekiel. So he's one of like God's guys in the Old Testament, right? Who God is speaking to and he has great words that are getting ready to come through Ezekiel. And he's been talking to Ezekiel because the children of Israel who are like God's people, when we look at ancient scripture, are in a bad place and they've lost their fire. They've lost their passion. They've lost the thing that drives them. And he's coming to speak to Ezekiel and says he takes Ezekiel in a vision. He gives Ezekiel a picture of what's going on. And he takes him to this valley of dry bones. It's a valley of just destitute bones that are laying out. They've dried out in the heat of the day and the whipping of everything that's going on in life. And Ezekiel 37 and 3, it says, and he said to me, meaning God, God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. I love Ezekiel's answer to God, first of all. I love about Ezekiel that the answer is very non-committal, right? There's a part of Ezekiel that's going, I mean, you're God. So probably this can happen, but I don't see it right now. And I just think it reminds me of this father that we see later in the New Testament. And Jesus is asking him about the healing for his son. And the the father answers him and he says, I have faith, but help me with my unbelief. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel God asking you something and you feel yourself going, I believe, but could you... But just in case I don't believe so much, God, could you help me with my unbelief? Part of getting your fire back is saying, God, I put it in your hands. God, I trust you with it. God, I see what you're doing here. And and to be honest about it, I don't know that I always feel strong about it. But I've got enough of a glimmer to say, Lord, you know, you know if this can happen. You know if this is the plan you have for me. You know if this is the path you have for me. God, I give it to you right now. Lord, I believe. But just in case, help me with my unbelief. And it goes on and God tells him all of these things. He says, I want you to prophesy to this valley of dry bones. In his vision, he's standing there, Ezekiel, looking over this valley of dry bones. And God says to him, I want you to speak out over this valley of dry bones. And I want you to tell them to come back together. If you keep reading, it says in verse seven, so I prophesied as I was commanded. Ezekiel spoke the thing out that he heard God speaking to him. And it says, and there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones began to come together bone on bone. And I looked and there were sinews upon them and they had skin and covering, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy the breath into them. And so then again, it says, by the time you get to verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath 
came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet. They were an exceedingly great army, right? In this vision that he has, Ezekiel standing there and first he sees the form come back together. He sees the structure come back together. And I think for so many, that might be where you feel your life is right now. Over the last year, you figured out how to live in this new reality. You figured out some new systems for your life. You figured out some new structures. You figured out some new rhythms for your life. But the, the fire on the inside of you, the breath of God, this breath here, it comes from this Hebrew word ruach. It's the same breath that God spoke out when he formed Adam and Eve. It's the same breath that we see moving through scripture. It's not just the air around you. It's the very energy, the very life force, the thing that drives, that animates the, the human existence. It says that the person was all there. But when Ezekiel looked, he said, but the, the breath wasn't in them. The, the energy, the fire wasn't on the inside of them. So God said, prophesy and speak to the Ruach to come into them. And so he prophesied and he spoke it out. He spoke with his mouth what he heard God saying to them. This is what I want you to know, that your words are incredibly powerful on the inside of your words. It wasn't just the experience that Ezekiel had. It wasn't just the vision that he had. It wasn't even just what he heard from God, as important as that is. It was taking what he heard from God and speaking that thing out that began to bring the energy back into this vision that Ezekiel had. What are you speaking with your mouth? Your words are incredibly powerful. Your words have the ability to create the life that you live in. They have the ability to either fan the flame or extinguish the flame that God, God has planted a flame on the inside of you. It might feel like a tiny coal, but in all my years of bonfires, the thing that I have learned is if there's even a glimmer of a coal left, all it takes is a little bit of fan, a little bit of air, and you can burn that coal back into a whole fire. You can get it soaring back into a blaze. When you have the coals of your life, are you fanning them or are you extinguishing them? How are you using the words in your life? I'm reminded when Paul writes to Timothy, he says to Timothy, fan the flame that's on the inside of you. Fan the flame that's on the inside of you. When you hear yourself think, I maybe might could fan that flame. Speak to that thing, blow on that thing, speak over it and fan that flame. Don't extinguish it with your words. Don't extinguish it with your words because this is the thing we underestimate, how powerful our words are. We think that it doesn't matter, the things that we speak out. When we wake up every week, every morning, and we say, oh, I have to go to work again. Oh, these people at my work, they're going to wear me out again. Well, you know what? You have created that reality for yourself instead of coming and saying, you know what? I'm excited that I have a job to go to. I'm a 
ready to show up to this place. I'm going to change someone's outcome today because I should. I know you work in a call center and you feel like you deal with complainers all day, but you can speak out and say, I'm going to make somebody's day today. I'm going to make somebody's day with the way that I show up today. I'm going to change somebody's outcome. I'm going to, I'm going to surprise them with the way that this call gets answered today because they're expecting someone who's down and out, but not me. I show up ready. I show up glad to serve. I have created the life that I live in. Create for yourself the existence, the space. Speak the things that you have seen God speak over your life. Speak them out loud and fan the flame that God has for you. I'm reminded of in James, it's in chapter three of the book of James. James starts talking about the power of the tongue. And he uses this picture of a ship, which I think is so fitting for us because we're talking about preparing our life, preparing ourselves to catch the wind. Are you ready to catch the wind that God is sending in your direction? He talks about a ship and he says, everybody thinks it's all of the big things, but it's not all of the big things that steer the ship. No, the pilot decides where to steer the ship. You are the pilot of your life. You are deciding where to steer your ship by the rudder. He says the rudder that is on the ship, the tiny rudder that is on the ship. How small is your tongue? He makes the comparison. How small is your tongue? The thing that that speaks out your words, but it has the power to control your life. It has the power to control the direction of where you are going. Have you made space in your life for the wind of God to blow and for the flame of your life to be recharged once again? And are you speaking words over your life that look back on where you've come from and where you're going and listen to what God's saying and align your words with the thing that he is speaking to you? And I know it's so easy to say, well, that's easy for you to say because you are living in a place where you're living in your calling, your destiny, your purpose, whatever these big words are. No, your calling, your purpose, your destiny is your right now. It's your today because that's what we do. We throw it off into the future and we say, well, once I'm running my own business, then I'll be excited to get up every day. Once I'm finally in that relationship I've been longing for, then I'll be energized for my day. No, you create it right now. You learn right now to prepare in whatever space you're in to say this space right now, I'm going to learn to control the power of my tongue. When I was in college years ago, I had a job that I didn't particularly enjoy. Uh, and, And particularly what I didn't like about it is that I would come home from classes all day. I had about five minutes literally to turn around, get myself changed into my uniform. And then I had a 20 minute walk to get to my work where I would work all evening until late hours so I could come home, get a little bit of sleep and go back. And there were so many times as I took that 20 minute walk down to the restaurant where I was working at the time. And I thought to myself, I don't wanna do this tonight. I don't feel like this tonight. I don't wanna deal with people at their tables tonight. I don't wanna deal with the crabby bartender who always has given me you know, a little bit of extra flack instead of just being cooperative. I don't want to tonight. But I would take that 20 minute walk and instead I would create a different reality for myself. And I would say, God, I'm thankful for the work that you've given me. I'm thankful that this place provides for me. I got meals at the end of my shift. I would say, God, I'm thankful that I get food out of this job. 
God, I'm thankful that I get to impact somebody's life today. God, show me someone who I can speak into while I'm at work today. God, when I show up, the atmosphere in the place changes. And by the time I got there, I was ready. By the time I got there, I was prepared for the place. I was prepared for God to do whatever he was going to do in that shift, in that evening. Too often we think we'll get ready when we arrive, but this is what I have learned time and time again in my life is that we have to learn to prepare on the way. Fan the flame of what God is speaking in your life. I want to pray for you as we close today. Two prayers. One, if you feel like your flame has turned into just a tiny coal, I want to pray that you find space in your life and that you create words in your life that fan that flame. Don't extinguish the flame of your life. Fan the flame of your life. The second prayer that I'm going to pray is a prayer that if you have never said out of your mouth, yes to Jesus. If you have never said out of your mouth, I want to be a follower of Jesus, then I'm going to lead you in a really simple prayer because that is the most important confession. It's the most important way that you can direct your life is to say, I've decided that I am going to follow Jesus with my whole life. So prayer number one for you. God, for every person that feels like their flame has been been diminished over this last season, for every person who feels like they can barely find the energy and the fire and the drive, I speak over their life. A fresh wind of God is coming to them. God, help them see the spaces in their life where you can move. And God, give them words to fan the flame that you have given over them. I thank you that the power of life and death is in their tongue and they are speaking life over themselves. I declare over you right now in Jesus name that a fresh wind is coming and that your fire, your fire for life is coming back. Prayer number two, I want you to repeat this one after me because it's so powerful to hear yourself say these words. Say, God, I come to you in Jesus name and I know I'm not perfect, but I thank you for Jesus. Today, I say yes to following Jesus. Teach me how to do it. And thank you for welcoming me home.